it is normal to feel the way that you feel on our feelings. At no point are we saying like the inner critic isn't going to pop up and you're going to have that feeling. It's the opportunity to then pull out of it a little bit and go, that's normal and it's okay. And in this situation, I made a mistake. And if people are not happy with it, it is what it is. And that's okay. Welcome to the Heart Leader Podcast. I'm Amber Mikesell. And I'm Austin Yule. We are here to invite you into a new era of leadership. Join us as we dive deep into stories of powerful transformation, unlocked through self-love, compassion, and insights on healing the body and soul by blending science and spiritual wisdom. Start leading from the heart today. Visit theheartleaderpodcast.com. Hi, and welcome to the Heart Leader Podcast, where our heart and our mind align. I'm your host, Amber, and I'm joined again by Austin. And we are here to talk about silencing your inner critic. This week, we're going to focus on the impact that societal influences can have on us in creating that inner critic. So we're all about tracing the origins over the course of these next few of the podcasts. And when we focus on tracing those origins and like pulling at those threads so that we can understand societal influences definitely can play a part. And when we understand them, then we can choose to do something about them. So if you haven't already, take a moment so that you don't miss any of the information about where these origins can begin and subscribe. Just click the little subscribe button wherever you're listening to this so that you can gain all of this insight. And as you do, we also are putting all of this into a fantastic book by the same name, Silence Your Inner Critic. And if you want to get on the forefront of that, we're going to give you some information about how you can sign up to pre-register to get a copy of this book. But first, we just want to take some time in this podcast to talk about the impact of societal influences, right? And how that can play a part in what it does to fuel that inner critic and how it can even spark new thoughts in our head that feed and fuel that inner critic. There are so many different categories that societal influences can really get in there and just get to that (laughs) psyche, right? And just nail it into our brains and really then feed into our hearts almost like a filter, almost like a funnel. And we then have to go in there like Roto-Rooter and clear it out of there so that we don't let it get clogged and built up in there. So when you think about some of the things that we researched and studied and wrote about already in the book around societal influences, what's the first one that comes to your heart? In this area? For me, I feel like in some way, I mean, a couple of them come, but I would say the first one is, is really media and advertising. I mean, because last time we talked about childhood experiences yeah. and I feel like we are being advertised as, you know, in terms of 
TV shows we watch as kids, there were advertising going on in there all the way through our adult, it's literally our, our whole lives, you know, especially now. I mean, I grew up with, you know, watching kid shows and there were advertising constantly. And so I would say generations even moving forward, they've had even more experience with that, with everything from YouTube to social media. So it's literally hitting them at all different areas. And so it's really hard, especially when you're in a developmental stage, like in childhood. And so that's going to continue to flow since we're not given the tools as a child on how to roto-rooter that out, as you're saying, <laughs> right? And so that's where we just, the more we can be aware and we can understand that, hey, we might not be able to stop that right now. If we want to watch a TV show or if we want to watch, you know, go on social media, there's going to be ads. I mean, I think there's ways around it with streaming services and things like that. But in the end, it's our choice, right? You know, we can see an ad and not choose to be affected by it, but it's that's a lot easier said than done. And so let's take a step back and let's really talk about the what actually happens with societal, the societal influences when it comes to actual advertising. Like what does it actually spark in us? And it could be even subliminal, which is a part that we're not even aware in terms of how it's affecting us on a subconscious level, yeah. right? We could say, no, it's not bothering me. But the reality is it actually could be eating away at us because we're constantly seeing it. And so, you know, if, if I'm like, if I'm seeing something about any topic, I guess, I mean, there's so much about pills these days, or, um, you know, at least for men, here's another fitness thing, or here's another uh, food thing, or, or this is the secret to this, or for business, here's this, uh, you know, here's a quick way to make, you know, six figures or seven figures or something like that. There's all these different things of that are constantly going. And so it gets you thinking all the way through. If it's hitting an area that you're not aware of, it might really spark that inner critic. You know, do I need this? Am I not? worthy enough or you know why am i not looking like that or why is my not life you know why am i not on a private jet or why don't i have a lamborghini or why don't i you know all these like you know you see these social inf influencers with these kind of things for example um you know that can really set like how are they 20 years old and have all these things and you know here i am in, in college i'm 20 and you know i'm i'm having ramen for dinner and studying my you know studying so hard just to make uh, you know, get an A on the next test, right? It's like, how how are they doing this? Like, why am I not there? And I think that brings up, like you you mentioned, we talked about childhood mm -hmm. in our last episode, and how childhood can spark a lot of that inner critic. And one of those things is having comparison in our childhood, but then we fuel that as we grow up and in many marketing, like I took marketing courses in college and a good marketing agency will know that that's a pattern for a lot of people and they will utilize that in order to sell product. That's neither right nor wrong. It's just a data point, right? Mm -hmm. And so if they're utilizing that, the media is utilizing that to sell their product then you're right, we're going to start comparing ourselves. And I need that in order to be like that person. So then if we can take a step back and go, well, is it the thing that is going to enhance my life? Or is it me that will enhance my life? 
then we can begin to look at the societal influences. Just like the marketing company or agency utilized a data point, I can utilize a data point. I can say the marketing agency is doing their job. They are collecting all of the data and they are utilizing it. I too can collect all of the data about me and my life and I can utilize it to make a choice and say, okay, I know that I grew up in a place where maybe somebody else compared me and I took that on as my own, or I kept comparing myself to others around me. And now I don't desire to do that. And I can choose to not feed in to what the media is presenting me with to feed that cycle for myself. Hmm. So I can unplug. Yes. Which will then start to silence that inner critic. And so that empowers us to do exactly what media is doing to us. Because again, it's not good or bad. It's just what is. Mm -hmm. And if we stop like, oh, media is bad for doing this to us. No, they're not. Mm -hmm. They're doing what is moving their advancement forward. Mm -hmm. And as long as we keep feeding into that, then they're going to do that. The moment we stop engaging in that, then they'll find a different medium. That's well said. That's the power of choice, right? And that's been a really key factor through this so far and will continue to be because silence your inner critic is first and foremost a choice. Right. And the same with social media, as you brought up, that is another societal influence that has become prevalent. You know, it is new generationally, but has become dominant. And so we had in previous podcasts, my niece and one of her friends on a podcast, and they were talking about the influence of so social media in their life. And they've become so numb to it that they know that if you see someone taking photos of themselves like they're on a private jet, you don't know for sure that they're on a private jet. They could just be somewhere that looks like they're on a private jet. Mm -hmm. So you have no idea what is real and what is not real. Yeah. And so how does that feed into that comparison factor? Mm -hmm. Or how does that feed into true connection? And then the inner critic starts to come up and say, well, if I can't create true authentic connections, what does that mean for me? Mm -hmm. And how am I then not worthy of being connected? If I can't truly bond with someone, but is it truly you or is it that social media is keeping that from occurring? Mm -hmm. Because we're not sharing our true authentic selves anymore. Mm -hmm. And so these are questions we have to start asking ourselves. It's a really good point. It's really easy to fall in, you know, with that understanding or that belief system. It's really easy to fall into the pattern of, well, you know, these companies are preying our in, on our insecurities, and so it's just, it's kind of like, well, okay, yeah, if that's if that's what you're, if that's when you you're allowing your inner critic to direct and, for lack of a better term, control the way you think, instead of you directing 
your thoughts and being positive and uplifting for where you're at. And at some degree, we have to take a responsibility because we're being shown ads based on our behaviors. And so that's a big thing I think people kind of miss and forget. And, and, you know, on a personal bias, we'll say, just completely leave that out, right? Yes. But it's our own behaviors that are creating these, these ad opportunities. And so at some point, if you're seeing ads that aren't really aligned with you or you feel are preying on your insecurities, then maybe start to think about you know, what behaviors are you taking on social media? Uh, what are the things that you're searching? Uh, you know, what are you engaging with that would, allow, you know, that would open that door for that type of ad to come your way? And so if you start to really take a step back, as you're saying, look at the data points and start to recognize that, wow, okay, what I'm searching or what I'm engaging with is more negative than it is positive. It's coming forward in this way that is maybe self-deprecating or showing some signs of lack of self-worth or these kind of things. And it might be like, wow, okay, then I need to adjust the way that I'm approaching things. Like if it's a matter of search, then instead of saying, you know, you know, what do I do if I have low self-worth? Is how do I create a positive mental mind frame? So it's even just the way that you transition how you search things. Because when you're bringing positive into the search algorithm, then it's going to bring forward more positive-based things. If you're searching more negative things, then that's, that's, you know, we were just talking about this earlier, right? They're packaging, people are packaging and selling fear because that's what's being consumed. But you can also consume positivity. You can consume upliftment. You can consume love, right? And so that's what I think is the opportunity here for us to adjust our behavior, take responsibility for how we're approaching ads and social media and all these things that are coming in, coming from the outside to the end and say, you know, as you always say, it's like, be that waterfall, right? When you're a, a full waterfall of energy, for example, nothing can penetrate through. And so you're just flowing. And so that's, that's what I feel is just one of the best, the best approaches. And then shift how you're, you shift your behavior and you'll start to see the algorithm adjust in a way that is like, wow, everything I'm seeing is very helpful. It is positive. It is helping me curate a life that I desire to live. And it's a beautiful reflection when we go back to silencing the inner critic. It reflects what we're doing internally as well, because it's not as though it just, and we've said this on each podcast, it doesn't just happen like that, right? Yeah. It's our own internal algorithm Mm -hmm. as well. Like we're running that negative mental brain bias. It just, you know, it's there. But the more we continue to feed in the positive to catch like, oh, wait a second, our own little internal search engine is looking for all the reasons that this could go wrong. Mm. But you know what? I can reprogram that search and say, but let's look for the reasons it could go right. Let's look for the reasons it can be exactly what we desire it to be. Mm -hmm. Instead of every reason, it could be the opposite. Let's look for the beauty I bring to the world. Let's look for the beauty others bring to the world. Let's look for the positive in this situation because there's always at least one positive thing, even if it's only that, hey, the sun is shining today. There's always at least one positive thing that's going on. Mm 
And so when we start to redirect our mental framework in that direction, not to ignore that there are things that are not going in the direction we desire, because we have to shift and adjust those. But if that's all we're focused on, then that's all we're going to experience. And of course, our life is going to continue in that motion because that's all we're allowing ourselves to experience. But wouldn't we rather have more of the experience of the positive and then say, oh yeah, and then this is happening and I need to fix it. Or I need to address these items, but I'm still experiencing the beauty of the world while I'm doing that. Right. And that's what we're saying in the societal norms. It goes back to, or the societal influences, it goes back to how do you view the world? Is the world so completely broken it can never be fixed? And so you give up? Or is the world a beautiful place and there are opportunities for us to advance in some areas? And I prefer to look at it the other way. Like the world is a beautiful, amazing place and we still have opportunities for growth. But man, look how far we've come. Yeah, absolutely. And that's on an individual level too. I mean, mm -hmm. it's so easy with all these societal influences and seeing everything around us, uh, especially when it's an illusion, to be like, man, am I broken? Yeah. You know, what's wrong with me? Like, why aren't I living the life that I want to? Or why don't I look the way that I want to? Or why don't I feel the way that I want to? Or why don't I, you know, all of those things when it comes to like, I'm seeing my friends or my family or someone that I look up to living the life I want to. Why don't I have that? And so I must be broken. And, and that's kind of what these societal influences are, can be viewed as like preying upon, for example. But there is that opportunity to recognize that the reality is, is no one has all the answers. You know, all of us are making it up as we go. And we're figuring it out, <laughs> you know, and then that's, that's the reality here. And we're not broken. We're building. We're always building. We're never, it's not a permanent. The idea of perfection is this is stagnation. But if you're shooting for some idea of, of what you could go for, right, then, then at least you're constantly moving forward, which is what it's all about. And we talk about this when the universe is constantly expanding. Well, then maybe sh we should be too. Because that's in alignment with the way that this whole thing that none of us really even fully understand is going. Okay, well, maybe we take a little bit of time and just say, hey, maybe that makes sense. Maybe we should expand and grow just as the universe and see where that takes us. And it's very easy for us to look at and observe like how media and social media really feed into us from a societal impact. But often the things that are closest to us are the things that we don't necessarily notice because it's right there, right? And that's our families. We love them. Yes. They're amazing. <laughs> but sometimes our cultures, our families, the expectations that we continue to place on ourselves as a result of the engagement with them mm -hmm. can feed into those societal influences and expectations. Mm -hmm. And 
often in a very positive, but sometimes in a not so positive way. And it starts to really, that inner critic starts to rear up, especially sibling rivalry. Or if you're in sports or something in school, or you have a parent who played a certain sport and desires you to be in a certain sport. There's so many different flavors of this that can start to get in there and just create. At first, it's like that little splinter, right? (laughs) It starts out and it's just annoying. And then next thing you know, it's just festered. Hmm. And we need to be willing to go in and look at it and say, how is this impacting me? Again, going back, not from a place of blame, but from a place of observation and understanding that we're all doing the best we can from where we are Mm -hmm. and that we desire to understand so that we can change the pattern within us, right? Absolutely. And I know that you experience sports from a collegiate from a school standpoint yeah i would love to know how do you feel did that have any impact on your inner critic at all or were you like breezing through nope we're all good (laughs) no definitely not um really don't breeze through much to be honest (laughs) you know hey i'm human right i mean yeah so growing up in terms of a societal influences outside when it comes to education or sports, you know, competition and results became a huge aspect of uh, what I, um, this is not a blame on anyone else, this is my own perception, and then I internalized it, Mm -hmm. could have made a different choice, that's just how I understood it, due to a lack of awareness and, and more knowledge at that time, but I internalized it and tied it to, I would say, my ego and and also my self-worth so the grades i was getting in school or the result i was getting by playing golf you know the scores that i had you know these all you know if i wasn't getting a's or you know high b's or something like uh or if i wasn't getting you know let's call it a high grade point average for example or i wasn't shooting par or better you know then i would feel a massive shift in depression and sadness because I felt like I was no longer worthy and would not receive the accolades or I would not receive the attention or the love or, you know, the acceptance of other people around me. Because when I did well, when I got really good grades and when I was winning tournaments or, you know, everything seemed, you know, it was a big high, right? I mean, it's it's only natural to think, oh, well, hey, you know, here's my name on the PA system in high school and, you know, talking about how we won a tournament and, and then I'm getting flown across the country for, you know, recruitment process to all the top colleges in, in the country. And, you know, it's like all this buzz and this amazing, you feel so good because you're like, man, like I feel successful and I feel confident and it's like all these things. But I didn't realize that the moment there's, you know, I was building this perceived growth on top of a foundation of sand that could be wiped away with one wave. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a big misunderstanding on my point. That was a big fault. And so that's where learning, that was me kind of going into my inner critic. And yes, I was using it to kind of build myself up to some way. But the problem was, is that I didn't know how to balance it. 
And so when I didn't achieve that or the times, you know, where I wasn't perfect and I had an off day, oh man, it was the worst. I mean, it was, I was so hard on myself and I would not let myself, not give myself a break at all to the point where it's a detriment. You know, there's, there's a balance there, right? You know, it's important to be able to say, not everything I do is great, right? <laughs> you know, like, it's not, yeah. you know, that's, that's okay. But when it's so much that it's detrimental and then you can't even pull yourself out because you are your own, you know, ball and chain, if you will, then no one can help you. Nothing outside of you can help you. You know, you're looking for saving outside of yourself, but you're the one creating the prison for yourself. And so I felt that immensely when it came to uh, anything, school, tests, uh, golf, uh, you know, anything that was result oriented. It was so tied to my self-worth and it would just fluctuate like crazy. And I didn't find personal balance and interconnection, inner peace until I separated those two, released myself from that and recognized that I am worthy regardless of the result. I am loved regardless of the result. And I can allow the inner critic to help me grow as a person. And the results, as you're saying, are data points to help me move myself to keep growing into the next level. And it's challenging because I don't care what age we are. Yeah. When we love our family and we love our friends and those outside of ourselves and we're engaged in the community like schooling or work or wherever it is. Mm -hmm. It does feel nice when we're uplifted and validated yeah. by doing something that they receive in a positive way. And when we do something that doesn't please them so much, it does not feel well when they are disappointed. And it's not easy to separate the action from, the, from who we are. And so we take it on more as a who we are. And that triggers the inner critic. Well, I am a bad person versus my action did not please the people around me. And therefore, the next time I am in this situation, I have an opportunity to choose a different action if it is possible. Or my feeling around the action because. You know, exactly. it's okay to make a mistake. And if people don't like it, you know, it's our opportunity to say, okay, I, I'm sorry you don't, you feel that way, but I'm not going to let it affect me. Exactly. There was nothing I could do about it. Mm -hmm. And that is a pivotal point too. Like if there was nothing you could do about it and that still upset people, then there's nothing you can do about it. But that goes back to being able to pull yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. It is normal to feel the way that you feel like honor feelings at no point are we saying like the inner critic isn't going to pop up and you're going to have that feeling it's the opportunity to then pull out of it a little bit and go but that's normal and it's okay and in this situation i made a mistake and you're right if people are not happy with it it is what it is and that's okay. It just was what it was and we'll move on. But if I can choose a different action next time, 
then I'll choose a different action next time. Mm-hmm. But that situation does not define me and it does not define how I go forward from here. I do. And that's where I think societal influences when it comes to schooling, to family, to friends, all of those feeders in, we can start to tell the inner critic, like, look, I'm not defined by this one exchange or this one exchange. Now, if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, then I'm creating a pattern of behavior. And that is character defining. Mm -hmm. So then I have something I need to sit with. But if it just is a one-off, then I don't need to let my inner critic pull me under and not allow me to move forward, which I know we've talked about a lot. It can happen. Yeah. And it's, it's really easy to fall into that pattern when you have, you know, f- family or cultural expectations around, you know, what, what you're meant to be when you grow up, uh, what role you should be depending on which gender you are, for example, or what faith you should believe in and how you should live your life or, you know, uh, what choices you should make in your life based on the age that you are. You know, there's all these external things that help shape how we end up talking to ourselves and create this, they help shape our own expectations of ourselves. But when we're placing those expectations on ourselves based on things outside of ourselves, we're never going to live up to them. Yeah. And so, it's really important to talk about, you know, goal setting, not from a place of expectation, because most expectation is external expectation. Even if it's something that's stemming from inside, it's still being influenced by outside. But when you set up a goal and you create a clear pathway to achieve that goal, then you're not really setting expectations, you're setting milestones. And milestones are giving you that flexibility to expand as who you are and help define who you are through the actions that you take. So when it comes to just sitting and I'm feeling like, all right, when I was in college and I felt like I needed to perform just for scholarship's sake, right? That is the structure of the educational system. It is merit-based. It is performance-based. And it is you fit within this structure. And if you don't learn according to the structure that is established, then it is very easy to feel as though there is something wrong with you. And often I would fit into that category because my ability to pay for my schooling depended on that. And I know that there are many who may be in that category. So when you're butted up against that, how do you take the time to step back from that inner critic and say, all right, inner critic, I know I've got this going on and this going on. I have to work to pay for school. I have to use the scholarships to pay for school and I have to go to school. So I've got a job and I'm going to classes and I have all of the stress of actually making certain I can financially afford to do this. 
Plus, I have all of my other societal obligations and influences, as you talked about, from the cultural aspect. So it can almost start to feel like, and this is just that one column, when it talks about the origins of the inner critic. Mm -hmm. How do we take that step back and say, all right, inner critic, it's time for you to silence a little bit so that I can. What's just like one tool that someone could utilize to get even a two second break Mm -hmm. to calm down and feel like they could get one step up? My all time favorite one is one that you taught me and that's breath work. The best part is because it's free. It's readily available at any time. It's amazing because it's no wonder that the very thing that we do to stay alive has far more ability than what we give it credit. Breath is our life force. It is the essence of us in so many ways. And so it's easy to be in that state of quick breath, which keeps you in that uh, you know, fight or flight mode. But when we can calm the breath, and bring intention and purpose to how we breathe, then that can adjust the entire way that our body sits. It feels, it moves, it can kind of just slow everything down, our heart rate, our brain waves, and and we can get more intentional and purposeful into our flow. And so the tool that you gave me was the four, six, eight breath. And so that's, you inhale for a count of four, you hold or retain the breath for a count of six, And then you exhale for a count of eight. So you had me do that for two straight weeks as much as I could, right? And so it was multiple times a day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is so boring. (laughs) You came back to me and you're like, when are we going to stop this? Yeah, come on. When are we actually going to do something worthwhile, right? And then after the two weeks, you said, okay, we'll keep going. And then when something occurs, just take one deep breath. It doesn't even have to be in that cadence. Just take one deep breath in and out and see where you are. And I remember the first time I did that, I mean, everything just paused. Everything just, it was palpable. My whole approach to life just shifted. And so from there, I realized because what it did is it brought me fully into the present. When we are so focused on on our critic, we're thinking about the future or we're worried about the past. Because very often are we in a, in a cycle of thought when we're in the present moment. And what breathing does is it pulls us. It does a complete pattern interrupt on all of the craziness and the chaos that's going out in the world and says, no, you're present. You are here right now. And when we are present, to me, that's when we are our greatest creator selves. That's when we have the most potential because we get that now moment opportunity to choose something that will help us achieve whatever we desire. So every now moment, therefore, becomes intentional and purposeful because it facilitates choice. And so when we breathe, then we're bringing that opportunity to us more and more and more. And so when we want to build a habit that can actually help us and achieve what we desire to do and and get, you know, make those milestones and reach those goals, then breath is that really, really simple tool that can help us get there that's just absolutely life-changing. I love it. And again, you know, that internal voice is going to desire to make things so complex. Yeah. 
right? Because simple, it can't be simple. It's got to be complicated. <laughs> yeah. But it's not. Mm -mm. It doesn't. Life is simple when you allow it to be simple. We get in the habit of overcomplicating to create, in some ways, to create more meaning. Yeah. But the reality is, is that when we have intention, it's inherently meaningful. And if, if we can create a simple approach, simplicity creates scalability, right? Yes. Because you can't scale complicated. We understand this in business. Very few are able to actually apply that to their own life. And so when we create simplicity in our, in our life as a whole, then we can scale that and get us where we desire to be. Yes. And so I would agree. Breath is such a beautiful practice because you can do it anywhere yes. at any time for free. And there are so many different breathwork techniques. I cannot encourage individuals enough to go out and explore and find breath techniques that fit. In yoga, we have so many different practices for pranayama, but just across the board, no matter what you're focused on, you're going to find something that can help. Talk about an immediate silence of that inner critic. It just is like, okay, <laughs> can't talk now. Yeah. I'm getting way too fueled by all this oxygen coming in. And it just zones out. Mm -hmm. And so for a college kid who just doesn't have the money for other things, it's a great free resource. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is profound in its simplicity. Yeah. And so we definitely have tools on suivera.org and we're going to be releasing some courses on, on breathwork and things like that to support. But as you said, you can go on YouTube. You can go. I mean, there's so much amazing stuff out there to research breath. But if all you did, because trust me, it's helped me. If all someone did was just do the simple four, six, eight, just breathing in for a count of four, holding the breath for a count of six and exhaling for a count of eight and doing that, you know, 11 times or something like that. And just get in the habit of, you know, if you did it once a day or a couple times a day and for a couple of weeks, you really get in the habit of doing that. It becomes a lifelong skill that just the moment you take one deep breath, then the body knows how to follow suit. Your, your body desires balance. We know this because we have homeostasis. Yeah. And so we, uh, on an emotional level, on a physical level, on a spiritual level, on a mental level, we desire balance. Everything around us is earth desires balance. This universe desires balance. And so we're the ones who overcomplicate and get in our own way and take us out of that balance. Mm -hmm. But when there are simple tools like this that can pull us into that balance and can help us stay within that balance, then that's where our potential is unlocked. When it comes to societal influences, are there any others that you would offer that can really fuel that inner critic? I mean, we touched on a lot, um, and that we could be really nuanced in each one of those when it comes to family or you know, schools, or organization, or advertising, or social media. Or, there's so many externals, right? One thing I do continually hear is, is this idea of perfectionism. We've seen it with our, our sports clients. We've seen it with our business clients. Uh, we've seen it with just clients who are focusing on 
uh, just their own personal growth and what they want themselves to be like. And I think that's just something that's worth just revisiting and just kind of going over because one thing we always say is that one, perfection is stagnation. Two, perfection is an illusion because if I ask you what does perfection look like, it would be different than what I say and then what someone else says. So how can perfection be one thing that we're all striving for when it's completely all over the place and there's no actual defined bit of perfectionism? So then we're attempting to bring ourselves into what seems like a solid foundation, but again, that's chaotic because there's no actual, there's no actual, uh, there's no solidity to it. But there are, as we were saying, there are goals or milestones that could be achieved that aren't related to our self-worth. Like perfection is tied to our self-worth, but we can, we can say, no, I want to focus on a goal or, you know, I want to breathe my purpose or my intention into whatever action I'm doing. And then that can fuel my very soul and the very essence of who I am into my actions. And then therefore the actions that I take become purposeful. I would offer if there was such a thing as perfection, it's the opportunity to do that. You know, perfection is the space in which all of that occurs. And it's not something we strive for. It gives us the, it, it, it almost holds space for that because we can, we have unlimited possibility in the space of, of that. That to me is perfect. Like what we, what we have access to in every now moment is perfect. That's a great place to wrap up. Awesome. So as we wrap up, definitely want to share with you that these are just little tidbits of the book that we are sharing called Silence Your Inner Critic. And it is a collaboration with you. So if you have feedback, things that you would like to see in this book, please make certain to share them with us in any comments below. Or if you want to send us an email, send it to info, I-N-F-O, at suivera.org, S-U-I-V-E-R-A.org, and we'll be certain to respond. Now, given that it is a book, not everything will likely make it in, but that's why we have multiple avenues to be able to share insights and discussions. We have this podcast that we will continue to share information on regarding silencing the inner critic. And then we'll have some Facebook Lives. So if you are not a member of our ever-growing community out on Facebook, you can find us out there at suivera.org. We're doing our best to keep it consistent for you. And you can give us a like and follow us out there and join in on our Facebook Lives and join the discussion as well. And we'll begin to do a bunch of different posts around this so that we can keep this discussion going. And you can go over to silenceyourinnercritic.com and register to pre-order and get 20% off of your copy Plus, you'll get a free giveaway where you can get a mini course, one of our best selling mini courses where you can do a free mirror technique. It includes so much to really help you go deep within and recognize the amazing being that you are, 
helping to silence that inner critic. You get a week's worth of different worksheets and supporting emails to really help you hone in on that skill and reprogram to that positive mental framework. So just take a moment. We'll make sure that you can click on the link below too. Until next time, I'm your host, Amber, and I'm here with Austin, and we look forward to seeing you in the Sweep Era community. Thank you for listening to the Heart Leader Podcast. Are you ready to start leading from the heart? Visit theheartleaderpodcast.com to take our quiz and get your personalized roadmap for a happier and healthier life. Remember to follow the podcast so you never miss a new episode and be sure to recommend it to your friends who might enjoy it with you. See you next week.